Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, A 8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Renee. Good morning. Renee, it's good to have you back on the show again. I'm very excited to be back. Thank you very much. We're all excited to have you here. What are you thankful for this morning? This morning, I'm very, very, very thankful for friends. I know that sounds very cliche. Yes, that's super cliche. (laughs) But um, I was just, I had a really good time uh, for the last few days, just connecting with my friends and just talking and chatting. And it was just, I'm just like, man, I'm so grateful for this um, because I'm in dorms, especially. So, you know, living with your friends is, it's only a limited time. um, Yes. You know. Soon we go out into the real world and, you know. (laughs) And you will be able to forever treasure those college years and those dorm experiences, even though there's kind of times when you get a little bit over it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like being able to go home during the break and to uh, just have some home life for a change. Yeah, yeah, very true. All right, so what am I thankful for this morning? I am thankful for running late. Wait, why? I, I, I was late this morning. Liam was almost on the phone calling me up like, did your alarm clock not go off this morning? Because I was kind of tired yesterday because I had, did have a very late night. Not wild partying, mind you, staying up painting the house. Oh, okay. Just clarifying there. Yes, yes. <laughs> we got started on this project and it was just one of those projects that just got a little out of hand because we couldn't stop. Oh. It kind of had to be finished. And oh, okay. We looked at the project and like, oh, yeah, that's an hour's work. Well, about, you know. Eight hours later, we oh. were sort of still going on it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but being late this morning meant that I did get to see the sunrise. I've been arriving oh. earlier than the sunrise, and it was really spectacular this morning. We had a lot of, in the, in the Newcastle Hunter region, we had that low mist that sits above the ground. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. What's happening with positively different news? Well, um, there is a story about a teacher who taps into past trauma to help kids. Right. So it sounds pretty interesting. Um, He says, I know what it's like to survive. And when I saw this, I was like, huh, interesting. Well, there's a teacher in America. His name is Eric Hale. He's about 40 years old. And he says that teaching through a pandemic is pretty hard. But he knows that students who are at home because of the pandemic and who are learning now by a distance are facing even more troubles. So, you know, he says that he knows what it's like to go to school when you're hungry. He knows what it's like to go to school when you see your mom get like get beaten by his father or he knows what it you know he knows what it's like to go to school smelling bad because their water turned off um the previous week so he you know he really understands the struggle that students face he's kind of been there and done that been there and done that and it gives it i guess it helps it, it allows him to connect with the students more and you know really understand where they're coming from he says that his past trauma has helped him inform the way he approaches um, his students and it has helped him to be really one of the best teachers in his state, in the state of Texas. Um, and he was actually named Texas Teacher of the Year. Oh, wow. Last year. Congratulations. Well done. Yeah. So well done, Eric Hale. Um, and, you know, this is especially important because he's um, the first African-American teacher which is recognised. Um, 
uh, as a teacher of the year. And so he teaches at an elementary school back in Texas where most of his students are um, Hispanic and are living at a poverty level. Um, and so many are first generation Americans and he's known for going above and beyond for his students and their families, you know, reaching out to the parents, making sure the students, you know, are on time with assessments and things and seeing if they need anything. Um, just and he's going further during the pandemic, making YouTube lessons for his students, knowing that, you know, because there's no school, many of his students who are now at home may have to go to work and education isn't a priority it's more of the priority is to survive and get money into the household so that you know families can eat and see the next day so he's really um he really understands the struggle um he also mentions that the digital divide in his school was large it's quite large you know um with the pandemic with students having to study at home they've had to um most people have to use their you know digital devices and mm -hmm. learning on their computers and their laptops but many of his students actually don't have that kind of technology back at home they, they can't afford it they don't have that available now that's a really interesting it's i, I find that fascinating because mm. you know i travel around the world and i go to you know some some very very undeveloped countries yeah i've been to places like for instance in the uh, very remote areas of the solomon islands mm. where people are living almost a hundred percent traditional lives okay the only things that they have that are artificial is, uh, you know, from, from the outside world, so to speak, uh, are there machetes? And it seems like mm -hmm. all Solomon Islanders are, they're born with a machete in one hand. <laughs> um, with it. You, you've got an Islander background, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you head over to the islands, everybody's, everybody has a machete. So they have that and their mobile phone. Mm. Yes, yes. And I'm sort of thinking, okay, so how do we have a situation? And this is something I'd, 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 we need to understand. How do we have a situation where people in a developing country that have nothing mm. can have a digital device mm. and yet people who are in poverty-stricken circumstances in the world's most developed country yeah. don't have a div digital device? It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, how does that work? But I, I do, and I think I'm assuming maybe the the students, the kids don't have devices at home. I guess maybe the parents have to. I have a theory. I'm yes. coming up with a theory. I'm inventing this on the spot. I'm, I'm inventing <laughs> it on the spot. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay, so people that I've seen in, you know, really remote developing countries uh, very rarely have cash. Mm. Um, they're subsistence farmers. They very, very rarely use cash. When they do, they look for things of value to spend that cash on mm. and a a mobile phone mm. is seen as something of, you know, value that they spend their cash on. And so they're more likely, this is my theory, they're yep. more likely to spend their cash on that kind of a device than they are on alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, the United States, places like that, we have a massive problem with people in low socioeconomic areas who are spending their money on alcohol, drugs, gambling, yeah. etc. And maybe, maybe that's the reason why. It could be a very big reason. And there are like... You know, addiction really affects the way you spend your money, and it really just. Oh yeah. So, I I, I can see that happening. It's a, it's a seems like a valid theory. That valid theory. We'd need some research to back this we up. We do need research, uh, but, but I'm just sort of thinking. Okay, you spend money on what you value. If you're addicted to something, then that's obviously what you're going to yeah. value. Whereas the guys coming in out of the bush, they're addicted to betel nut. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, but yes. they just sort of get that, you know, wherever they get that from. Yeah. 
and uh, they're not spending their cash on you know other you know alcohol and drugs and so forth. I mean, there's a tremendous alcohol drug problem in the in the Solomon Islands. Don't get me wrong, just yeah. a massive problem. Yeah. Um, but in these really remote areas, there's like, yeah, I'm going to get a mobile phone. <laughs> Some of them have the latest iPhone or one of the most the more recent yeah. iPhones, and you're like, wait. Good on you. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it, it is. It is really quite remarkable. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So there, there is a problem. There's a problem in in the areas that he, uh, in he, where Eric teaches, Eric yes. Hale, and so because of that digital divide, what he what he proposed is raising money so that um, so that they can, he can get them all used laptops. Um, students at his schools so you know he has really a knack for finding resources and making things happen Um, and that's really good in a place where resources resources aren't so common and it's not so easily provided they don't have the funds to just give everyone a brand new laptop you know he had to sort of get around that and figure out a way to to you know to provide for his school. Um, and you know, he didn't, he didn't grow up in an easy kind of household. His, his mother was abused. His father had schizophrenia. His mother had addiction problems actually. And so, you know, this is, people knew what he was going through as a student, but no one helped. Yes. Him. He knows that he really does know the he reasons really why yeah. these kids don't have the, uh, yeah. the, the, the devices that they need to be able to actually do school during. That's it. During uh, COVID. I had two teachers named Mr. Hale. Oh, at wow. various times, while I, both of them were epic teachers. <laughs> it's a Hale maybe, thing. <laughs> maybe it's a, uh, yes, maybe it's just a Mr. Hale thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's he just really, I, I feel like, um, yeah. Yeah, we need more people like this in more our world like who actually have been there, done that, who get what's going on yes. and can make a difference. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, have you ever heard of seltzer drinks? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so this is an American term. Okay. Uh, and it basically refers to soda water. So when you think about soda water, you think about that uh, kind of flavourless fizzy drink. Yeah, yeah. Which promises everything and gives nothing. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's how I <laughs> yeah, kind of feel yeah. about it anyway. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it promises much in your mouth, but then there's kind of like nothing to it. and uh, Disappointment. It's, yes. I, I, I don't know why people drink that stuff. It's like. It's just disappointing. But yes. anyway, um, seltzer is a word that is used in the uh, United States to describe that kind of water. And the latest alcohol fad in the United States is hard seltzer. Okay. So you take seltzer water and you add alcohol to it, mm-hmm. uh, vodka, gin, tequila, beer, etc. Now, most of these um, hard seltzers are being produced at somewhere between 4 to 6% alcohol with about 100 calories. Mm. And so from that perspective, they're kind of like a light beer. Now, not all of them, but a lot of them, they're about a, like a light beer. Uh, sales of these particular drinks have quadrupled during lockdown. That's okay. a bit scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the United States, they have now overtaken 10% of the beer market um, and with, uh, yeah, triple-digit triple, triple digit growth throughout COVID. Hmm. Now, here in Australia, and this is the scary thing, uh, between August and September, sales of Alka-Seltzer, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, hard seltzers have uh, gone up by 230%, and on the Dan Murphy website, the word seltzer, seltzer has 
had an increase in that same one month period of 2,700%. So we have this new alcohol and it's kind of taking the world by storm. Mm. We don't know obviously whether it's going to fad, whether it's going to just uh, pass through and then disappear again. Uh, Last year it was worth $760 million in the United States. By 2024, at the rate that it's going, it'll be worth $7 billion. My goodness. Um, and will be 7% of the entire alcohol market. Okay, the biggest challenge with this is that these hard seltzers have a perception of health and they're actually marketed as health. So basically what you've got is you've got the alcohol companies taking you know one of the most uh, health-damaging products that there is in the world mm-hmm. uh, and trying to create a health spin to it. Yeah. Because you know everybody's starting to wake up to the fact that you know, alcohol is a first-rate carcinogen. Uh, this is not something you should be putting in your body. Alcohol sales are dropping, particularly amongst young people, mm. because they are wising up to the fact that this stuff actually kills you. Yeah, It's right up there with smoking and so forth. And so they're marketing these things, you know, gluten-free, vegan, etc. which is like, wait a minute, I'm not an alcohol drinker. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought that, most alcohols or all alcohols were plant-based. Yes. So therefore they're vegan? Of course they're vegan. Vegan vegan. doesn't mean healthy. (laughs) Vegan does not mean healthy. No. Um, And I would have thought that, you know, there'd be quite a number of them that would be gluten-free, of course. Um, And so they put these vegan gluten-free labels on them and it's like, oh, wow, we're taking the healthy, uh, good for the planet uh, alternative to it and what they've found is that the same people who are drinking these uh, hard seltzers are the kind of people who are into kombucha and some of these other um, health trendy drinks okay do you like kombucha no i don't me either i don't like the apparently taste. it's supposed to be very good for you but um <laughs> i don't like the taste either Never i'll take some it. water instead water's good you know water's really really good it's yeah. actually one of the most helpful things you can put in your mouth <laughs> if not the most helpful thing that you can drink Okay, so of course these drinks have zero nutritional value Mm. and they have zero health benefits. Yeah. Okay, so they've been marketed as gluten-free and vegan and like they have this healthy kind of – and people who are health conscious have been buying them. Mm. But they actually have zero nutritional value, zero health benefits. They have high risks for cancer, impotence, liver disease – and heart disease, along with all alcohols. You, that That's not healthy at all. <laughs> no, not even remotely healthy. Uh, the other thing that's a little bit scary is that they come out with all of these kind of uh, fruity, uh, sweet flavours that would be very, very attractive to kids they're, because they're, they're, they're marketed, they're packaged like a soft drink, they kind of look like a soft drink. And so it's kind of like, well, here's, here's it. try this. This is a healthy soft drink. Mm. Okay, so first of all, it's not healthy mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And secondly, it's a bit of a dangerous trap for, uh, for kids. Um, so this is basically alcohol companies deliberately obscuring the harm and the negative events. Um, now, what's also interesting is that Australia is third in the world, has the third biggest market in the world for premixed drinks. That's a bit scary. United States come first, and you could imagine, okay, 330 million people there. That makes sense. Mm. Japan comes second. That's 126 million. Australia comes with our 25 million, comes third. 
Yeah, and it's a big part of our culture, drinking. It is. Yeah. Now, the good news, of course, is that alcohol uh, use in Australia is declining oh, good. amongst young people good. Uh, because they're waking up to the fact that this stuff will kill you. Uh, but we have obviously a long way to go. Okay, so you've all heard about Pell having a personal audience with uh, Pope Francis on returning to the Vatican. Um, I had a bit of a photo op there, and he commented that it went very, very well. Of course, we don't know what they talked about. What is interesting happening in the Vatican right now is that they've been caught in the centre of a money laundering operation. Mm. Um, dozens of people have been sacked. One of the cardinals there has been sacked. Okay. Um, and the EU money valve team is in there right now investigating. And the cardinal that was sacked, interestingly, Pell, George Pell, had long been calling for him to be sacked over financial mismanagement. So there's a positive one for Pell. It's been a long time since I've (laughs) used the word Pell and positive in the same sentence before, but he was on the right track there. This guy needed 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 to be out. Uh, the problem is that you know they've had uh, the internal uh, financial watchdog of the Vatican has been flagging this mm. over and over and over and over again for a very very long time. Yeah. But there's basically been no prosecution. So the watchdog's been doing the right thing. Yeah. But the prosecutors haven't. Um, on a side note, um, four of the Vatican armed forces have just tested positive for COVID, along with three other. Uh, citizens of the Vatican. So small country, yeah. very compact country. You don't want COVID to uh, to get loose there again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have um, an interview coming up that uh, where Mini interviews somebody who has put out a uh, a new song. We're going to play that song, okay. then we're going to have the interview. The song is all about this individual's testimony, their personal testimony. It tells the story mm-hmm. of their testimony. So we're going to play that song, and uh, then we're going to um, Minnie's going to bring us that interview. This was uh, pre-recorded. She recorded this last week. I've been playing the blame game for so long. Was I fear that if it didn't, I'd be wrong? I've been trying my whole life to be long. Guess I just needed someone to lean on. It's a hard world finding someone to fit in. When no one thinks that you're worthy to believe in. When you know that this fight isn't even. Don't you give up this life, this field of sin. Don't you give up this life, this field of sin. my life in 
This is the way that it must be It is time for me to give up Steering my own lane I must surrender The will in Jesus' name I must say When we run into problems and trials For we know that they help us develop endurance And I stepped into the word And this is what opened up It's like the Lord was right there Was directly speaking to me And I can't help but wonder How he's feeling right Imagine he would be proud He's giving me chances On top of chances He's been giving me this much I can't comprehend this love It is time for me to give up Steering my own lane I must surrender The will in Jesus' name I must say So that was New Stage by Zanesu, which is a stage name for Marlon Zana, who we have here as our interview of the day. Okay, welcome to the show. Thank How are you. you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, oh, look, I'm great. But so I'm curious, give us the background of the stage name. Um, so the background of the stage name, that's actually a funny story. We went through a few names, actually. Mm-hmm. So at first I wanted to like just have my last name because I was like not many people have my last name yeah yeah. but then we looked online and turns out a lot of people have my last name so um I tried doing my first name that also didn't work a lot, yeah and then I was actually with my um my dad at the moment and then he was like why did you mix your last name and your um your your middle name and I yeah, was yeah. like Zarnesu that sounds cool. That's real cool. So oh, yeah, I, I like it. That one, yeah. Yeah, I had it. Yeah, there, there was a few names before as well. Like, <laughs> those are the funny ones, but like, 
Yeah, those ones obviously didn't stick, but I stuck with Zarnesu, so... But this feels good? Yeah, I love this this name, actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, new stage. You... Okay, I was saying to this to you off-air, but I remember talking to you, I don't know, whenever, a few years ago, and you were saying that you really wanted to do, like, music production, writing yeah. your own music. Yeah. You've now done it. Yes. So, tell us a bit about that process. Like, new stage, is this... Like a song you've been working on for a while? Have you had a collection of songs and you just picked this one to kind of be the single that you've just now released? Like, give us some of the story. Okay, so I'll give you like, yeah, like all of it. So Brilliant. With my music, right, like I've always, I've always grown up in a music, musical family, mm. right? So like my dad, he does music. My mom, she's done music uh, in at church, like we sing as well. Um, and it's always just been there in the back of my head for me. Um, just being like, I, I want to do music. I want to do music. And I've mm. actually tried it down the track as well. Um, but it just, I guess it just didn't stick. So then recently I started creating my own styles of music and, um, just going around it and like seeing how I could actually do it without actually working on a computer. Because all my friends who do do music, they do like Ableton and stuff and, I knew for a fact that, like, I wasn't able to do that, like, uh-huh. you know, like, because I haven't learned or anything, and that's going to take a process. So I was like, well, I don't want to let Ableton, like, stop me from mm. pursuing something, you know? So I actually started on GarageBand. Like, hey! And, like, <laughs> literally the smallest of all things, I started on GarageBand, and I just started going on my phone, like, playing l- different instruments and whatever sounded cool. I guess I put them together. And I've actually put, uh, put probably, like, um 20 or so tracks wow. and songs like with vocals and stuff on Instagram of oh, Garage Band sorry uh-huh. <laughs> um, and from that um, New Stage was one of them and like I always like start with a track first and then I put my lyrics on and like people find that funny because it's usually the other way around with music so like with me I guess I'm just inspired by the Lord I'm just like alright awesome. Lord give me lyrics to put, mm-hmm. on, put on the music you know and then from there he's come out with like lots of good things and um i've really been blessed by it you know so yeah amazing so when you have written these songs whether you're just Mm. playing around or Mm. you're like okay it's actually you know song with music and lyrics do Mm. you like to share it with people or do you kind of wait till it's like finished product and you're like hey have a listen (laughs) tell me what you think (laughs) um so to be honest i'd much prefer to like just keep it to myself for a little bit uh-huh. and then surprise people. Uh-huh. But obviously there's those people that like, you know, they're close to you. For example, my my girlfriend, my beautiful girlfriend, she's like, can I listen to it? Can I? And oh, yeah, like, you have to. Ah, well, yeah, obviously you're someone. <laughs> but then she likes to share it with her friends and stuff. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> just between me and you, you know, darling. So I have to uh-huh. keep it between. But like, yeah, I prefer to keep it to myself and then like, you know, then give out some stuff mm. for people to be like oh that's that's cool you know you're working on something fully so with um these songs like you yeah. just mentioned you know kind of like you know your relationship with god is part of that yes um yeah, is there a particular story or event or reason behind this song new stage that we've listened to or yeah does it kind of just come through bible study or is it just kind of where you're at in life or is it not a particular thing it's just the words kind of come together like how is there a process or does it just kind of happen so i'd say probably most of the above okay um, because, <laughs> fantastic yeah yes yeah, so there have been things in my life where i've just i started noticing i was like i'm just going off off topic you know like i'm uh-huh. going off what i was like really created to be and like 
I've told a couple of people this, but like, um, I never really actually became a Christian until I was probably about 19 hmm. or so properly for myself, you know? And, um, before that I was just Christian by name, you know what I mean? Uh-huh, like, I do, like yeah. you just in the family and like you go to church because your family tells you go to church, you know? But I didn't actually do it for myself until I was about 19. That's when I could actually say that I did get a relationship with God. And ever since then, I started noticing, I was like, wow, I was really doing my thing. Like, you know, Mm. but my thing wasn't God's thing, Mm. you know? (laughs) And I was just like, huh, like, this is ridiculous. How am I going to get back on track, you know? I need to get to a new stage of my life. Ah. And like I said, I like... I do the track and then I ask the Lord to give me lyrics. Mm. So with that song... Same ended thing. up being about my life, you know, and I was just like, wow, I'm, this is really about my life. So this is really deep and personal to me, you know, and this yeah. is something that's really connects to my life. So that's yeah. powerful though. Like mm. music, I think is such a powerful avenue to share testimony. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm not like a songwriter, but I imagine it, there'd be something really beautiful in you getting to share your experience mm. through that as well. So, yes. um, I was just going to say with what you were saying about, um, kind of, Christian by name, mm-hmm. were you doing music then as well? Or has that become more a focus as it's really become your relationship and your time with Jesus? Um, I, sort of. I was doing I was doing like some bits and pieces of music back then, um, but it's become definitely more of a focus now, ever since like mm-hmm. I got my my relationship like started going with God. Um, that's when I guess I could actually say, like, I'm interested in this is what I want to do. You know, back then I'd be like, oh, yeah, I want to do music. But <laughs> then, like, didn't go as planned, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. like, now, like, I can definitely say, like, this is something that I want to share with the world. I'm proud to share this with, mm. with the world, you know. Yeah. That's great. So, I again, we spoke a little bit before we started this interview. Um, this is a single Yes. But you're working on an EP? Indeed. Do you I want to am. share anything about that uh, okay. with us? Yeah, um, so like I said, I've got a few like like I've got at least twenty tracks like what sounds like you're pretty set for yeah, yeah. content. So I, I'm pretty set, I'm pretty set, but like all of them I've noticed that like they're starting to like vary between genres. So like oh. there's a few of them that are like more like hip hop and then there's more of them that are more like what you've heard from New Stage. Mm-hmm. But all of them are like gospel based. So yeah. like the like this album is probably gonna be more like R and B, like soul type of stuff. Oy, I'm trying I'm to really I'm tra- <laughs> yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Yeah. I'm really trying to work on that and really try to focus on like doing that. That's why it's only gonna be an E P but there's only a few of them that I've found that have been like I like that that could go on the EP, you know, and like mm. all of them have actually got a story to tell in them. Yeah. Um, and like l- stories about my life, like that I can actually say and I'd be like, yeah, that, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. And like, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like a storyline with the track list that I've got. So yeah, I still need to, f- to fix it up, clean it up and like put them together, but it's a process, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the, an EP is definitely on the way. I'm going to be releasing a few singles first, but that's yeah. so good. I'm so excited to hear yeah. that. Um, what I was going to say, do you have particular artists? It was just as you were talking that um, I don't want to say you've taken inspiration from, but mm. that have kind of influenced the direction of, because it sounds like you said there are a few different genres at play. Yeah. yeah. Is that kind of just music you've listened to through your life or currently or, um, or it's just kind of just been the flavor that's come out? I guess it's music that I've been listening to in my life and stuff that I'm still listening to now. And yeah, a little bit of the flavor as well. So 
I guess I, I do have some people that I do listen to pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. And with their music, I guess that everybody has their type of music yeah, style. Sure. You know? So, like, with that, like, I've actually got a few. And, like, me being a musician, I just like lots of genres, you know. But mm-hmm. I've got, like, three that are my favorite. And that's jazz, R&B, and a little bit of hip-hop as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, I really love that. Oh, and that's soul as well. Yeah. Um, like, that that's mixed into the R&B. And, like, just with that... I guess it allows me to, like, really, with soul, like, R&B soul, I really feel like you can actually, like, express your emotions with that, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why I really love it. Like, I'm just like, ah, I connect with that, you know? <laughs> like, wow, I vibe with that. So, Aye. yeah, like, the the people that um, do make the music, I really was, like, I did, did listen to them. I was like, I like that sound, and I can feel them, like, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I can feel them, like, speaking the stories, so... Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I tell you, like, those are, like, my favorite genres. Like, yeah. I love our own soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, you know, we all have preferences, but I think that's really awesome that you've been able to tap into that. Yeah. And I think that that makes it a really authentic experience when people are listening to something. Yeah. Um, and as you said, there's so much emotion that can come through yeah. um, in music that I think it's, yeah, I think it's an incredible um, combination of, Art mm. and testimony. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it can move people in a really special way, I think. And um, so I was going to say, is there anything, um, I guess, in the process of writing these songs that has maybe, um, like, obviously, it's been your relationship with Jesus, but that it's kind of helped you understand your own walk? Does that make sense? Like, sometimes putting words to experience can help you go, oh, that's what this was, or that's the impact that it had. Has there been anything specific, or just any. Any part of the song that you've been like, this really matters that I want to share with someone. Mm. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that like I I really like sort of like I looked and then I was like, oh, that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like in my life, is that what you're asking? Um, probably the most that that's happened is definitely with new stage. Okay. I've definitely I've definitely realized that because. Like, there's probably, there's specific lyrics that I want to get into it that it says, um, it's, it's the, I just need to remember now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it says, let me come back again, but this time I'm warning you, you don't want to live a lie, because I promise it, it'll haunt you. Oh. And like, those, those, um, those lyrics right there, that really did speak to me as well. Mm. And also, when I did that pause in the middle, where it's like, um, we can rejoice too when we run into problems. And trials, for for we know that they help us develop develop endurance. Sorry, that was um actually in the Bible. That was yeah. a Bible verse that I got, and I really I was actually looking for because like that actually wasn't the original verse that I was going to use. Um, but from that, I was like, man, like that verse that I wanted to use before, I was like, yeah, that's cool. But then I kept looking, and I actually had a little bit of a prayer prayer mm-hmm. on, and I was like wow, I basically like opened the Bible and I, it's like it was just there. And I was like, amazing, yeah. sick. Like that <laughs> relates. Like that is what I needed. And uh-huh. I was like, thank you. Thank you, God. Like, you know, like you did that to me. You gave me that, like as you always do. Mm-hmm. And then I put it in and it worked well. And I was like, wow. And then from after that verse, mm-hmm. that's when like you could hear that. I was like, well, this is what I opened up to. And, like, it's like the Lord was standing right there, like, you know, and he was, like, directly speaking to me. Like, that's what the lyrics, like, say in the say in the song. So, like, I really feel like those are the times where I was, like, I, I reacted so, like, wow, like, that's mm. crazy. The Lord, like, really helped me with these things, you know. 
So I guess New Stage was definitely the one that did that for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you um, – like when you do share them with people, like obviously yeah. this has now come out, yeah. um, what are some of the reactions of like friends or family being like? Has there been anything they're like, oh, man, we love this part? Or are there some people that are like, oh, it's not really our flavor, but we love you, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure that there's going to be people that are like, you know, like they like it just because like, yeah, they're friends. Mm -hmm. But I have actually, for the most part, I've gotten good reactions yeah. to the song. Um, and all of them, I, I feel like they are definitely genuine. Mm. Um, and there's some people that heard the song that, like, I didn't even know heard the song. Like, hey. you know, and they, like I actually saw one of my good friends yesterday. He's like, bro, I love your song. I was like, how did you hear it? Like, <laughs> like, like I, 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 felt like, uh -huh. I felt like I didn't really... Um, I, I felt like I didn't really, like, share it with, like, as many people yet in, like people are reacting to it so i'm assuming that people are like sharing my music like genuinely and like being like oh that's actually really cool and like people yeah. are really reacting to it and sharing it with their friends as well so so where can we get a hold of it people want to listen where can they go how, um, how do they get a hold of this song if they want to listen if they want to listen to it um there's a few of them so it's basically on all platforms actually awesome so lots of people they listen to it on spotify uh a few on apple music um there's youtube as well but yeah, it's all platforms. Okay, so it's just New Stage and Zanesu, yep. which is Z-H-A-N-E-S-U. Yeah, Z yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be all capitals, but I don't think I could do it. So yeah, yeah, it's just okay. capital Z-H-A-N-E-S-U. Oh, okay. And so when can we expect the EP? Is there a time oh, frame? Oh, um, <laughs> um, I am not sure at the moment. Next single? Do we have a next answer? single that is going to be coming like a little bit sooner, probably before the end of this year. Hey, before awesome! This year. So just just wait on it. It just depends on how all of it works out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marlon. It's been awesome yeah, talking you. to you about this, and thank I'm super you. excited to hear the EP. But I will take the singles as they come. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.